you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, now all of Locked On. I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen today and every day. Uh, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, however you get podcasts, we are free and on it. Uh, today's show, we're going to get into some mailbag. We're also going to just do some uh, talking. There's not a whole lot going on with the Indians. There's not even a lot of old friend alerts. I know I've had some of that recently, but that's there's not too much going on. But I want to start off with a few things. One... Uh, I want to be honest and admit something here. I haven't watched any of the World Series. Are you watching it? Do you care? I'm just kind of curious. Like, I host a baseball podcast. I think most people assume that I'm, like, fully invested. But it's hard to care about a matchup where I don't really particularly like either team. I'm rooting for Atlanta. I'm going to be very happy if Atlanta wins. But I'm still, you know, at my core, the Braves are, are problematic at best. Uh, even if it's just from like some 90s residual dislike from uh, the World Series loss, but also just, you know, I, I've been very upfront. I know some people don't agree with my politics, but like I am more than happy for the Indians to do a change. It's, I mean, the Braves doing the tomahawk chop is, is still kind of a little bit embarrassing to me. So if it wasn't for the fact that like I would literally root for any team in baseball except for the Houston Astros, uh, you know, the, this would be a, a situation where I'd be having a hard time uh, you know, the Braves, it's like, it's Braves versus Dodgers. Okay, I guess I'm rooting for the Braves here. There's a few situations, you know, it's like Astros are 30 for me in terms of the team I'm going to always root against. 29 is the Red Sox. 28 is the Yankees. 27 is the Dodgers. Uh, I could probably go through. It's like probably somewhere in there. You know, it, it, I mean, the Braves might be like 26. I mean, it's going to be close either way I look at it. Uh, they're going to be pretty high on that list. So it's a situation where, I mean, it's just two teams I don't like to watch. Why would I want to watch the World Series? And I know I should watch it. This plays into the next point, which is uh, the viewership isn't bad. And it's going to look very bad uh, as this comes to an end. And I wonder, I've been very doom and gloom about a work stoppage and how it's inevitable and it's coming and things have gotten to such a dark place with baseball. But I also wonder if that's not the case. Uh, If... At the end of the day, both ownership and players are going to start enough to know that this sport has never fully recovered from the last work stoppage. Uh, I was talking to the Mad Thinker over this past weekend, and when they had the one in the 90s, baseball was a tier one sport in this country. It was. It might have been the third rated one, but it was a tier one sport. Baseball is not a tier one sport anymore. It is a tier two. It's alone in tier two, but it is a tier two sport. And I say this as someone who writes about the game and has constantly seen places that I, when I was a writer, I should say, when I wrote about this game, getting cut. You know, there's not as many baseball jobs in general. There's a lot of places, you know, I talk about 24-7, they got rid of baseball. I didn't get fired. They literally cut all of baseball. And they're not alone in that. (laughs) You can go through, when ESPN made their big cuts, they got rid of a good chunk of baseball and hockey writers. You know, they, they shifted to the other two sports. That's where the attention is. And I think baseball, both ownership and players, have to be smart enough and have to realize they're in a very precarious situation, especially as esports rise. I mean, in my lifetime, there is no doubt esports will pass baseball. Esports might become the number one thing in uh, in terms of sporting in general. 
you might think that's crazy talk, but I'm telling you, just when you look at the trends, you look at what kids are interested in, that is moving up. Baseball, uh, within the next 10 years, will be the fourth highest sport. And they also have to recognize that and know that these work stoppages do nothing at the end of the day other than leading to you know, some eventual compromise and some fans getting fed up and never coming back. Now, baseball is also in this situation that I think we should look at beneficially, where it is, you go and you look at the NFL. Now, I went and got my hair cut last week, and I was talking to the hair uh, lady cutting my hair, and we were, she was asking me about, oh, if I was going to watch the Packers, because it was like, a, you know, they were playing on Thursday night. And uh, I was like, no, they're not my team. And we were discussing stuff, and she was like asking, like, wouldn't it be crazy if the Packers moved? And I had to explain that and talked about all the, like, how in my lifetime the Rams could go from L.A. to St. Louis to L.A. And football has a real moving problem. Basketball has had some, but baseball has been pretty steady. We'll see if, you know, these threats of Tampa Bay or Oakland. The Oakland stuff seems kind of realistic, go through. But since the Nationals left Montreal, it's like, who else has moved? I was trying to think, like, in my lifetime. Uh, And it's just something that doesn't happen. Like, baseball does have some good things. It has not got that ill will from, you know, franchises moving everywhere. It's, It's been pretty stable for a while. But I, I think, you know, one thing the baseball owners know is, and I think something the players at some point are going to have to come to a conclusion is uh, a floor makes sense and that there's got to be some way for cities to keep talent. Uh, that's kind of what they're trying to do with the harsher luxury talent, luxury tax rules. A salary cap is probably going to never happen. Uh, the only chance of that ever happening was probably in the 90s. There was maybe a slight chance then, but it's the only uncapped sport. Uh, I can't see them giving that up. But the luxury tax in many ways is a cap with what they're talking about putting in place. Uh, I'll be curious to see how this hammers out. I don't think there's going to be a work stoppage. Because I think both sides realize that uh, even even if it's just a work stoppage that occurs, it doesn't affect any games played. Let's say everything gets shut down from December to, uh, you know, March, you know, beginning of March, that will still cause some people to throw their hands in the air and walk away. And I think that is something the sport cannot afford. And after what's going to be a really low watch World Series, we're going to hear all the things about how baseball is dying. Uh, I don't think baseball is dying. I think baseball has a niche now, but I think they're, it's a, it's not a growing niche. It's not a growing sport. It's just not uh, they're experimenting with a lot of things in the AFL to try to improve the pace, but it's always going to be a slow game. And that's the reason why, even though I love baseball, like if I pl- buy a sports video game, I, I don't buy a baseball game. I'm not going to pay a, play 162 because it just takes too long. You know, it, there's so much. And, and the reason I love watching it, I love breaking it down, uh, is the same reason that for a lot of uh, fans, it's just not interesting. It's it, There's too much minutia to it. But yeah, you know, I, I just was talking to someone and we're talking about this idea of, well, like first things first this offseason, the idea of the work stoppage. And I was just like, I think both sides have to be smart enough to know that like a work stoppage is just going to hose them both. Like they have to get to the table. They have to really negotiate, get down to the nitty gritty. It's going to be contentious, but it's interesting because I would argue before the COVID situation, we all sat back and said a work stoppage is unavoidable. It is coming. It is going to happen. Then COVID occurred and all the teams lost money and there was a big hit to the sport in general. And it's still reeling a bit from the 2020 season. And I think both sides are kind of realizing, like, if that situation had not occurred and, you know, both the positive and negative um, feedback that occurred with, you know, paying the minor leaguers and taking care of, like, that helped push forward the changes in terms of, like, minor league housing and some of the steps forward we're seeing. 
but it also, you know, set a situation where I don't think if that occurs, if that doesn't occur, I don't think Major League Baseball is willing to come to the table talking about a salary floor. I don't think that's something that they're already willing to concede in the next round of negotiation. So just something interesting to think about. I do think, like I said, it's I've been very much on the end of the spectrum where I'm like, yeah, work stoppage. Just get ready. It's coming. And now I'm telling you, let's hold back. I think it has a chance to not occur. Uh, we'll see what happens with this Indians team. I'm still think they are going to be wait and see mode. Uh, you know, I also spent some time talking about where I think free agents are going to land. Uh, I'm still not someone who really believes Detroit's going to go out and spend like crazy. I'll put that there. I don't think they're, you know, there's a big difference between when you have an owner in his 80s who wants to win it all before he dies and you have a, a younger owner who feels like he has plenty of time and uh, knows the core may not be quite there yet. So we'll see. Not to say that they won't spend. I could see Someone like, uh, man, I'm getting off pace here. But let's just say, I could see a Marcus Simeon. I could see a Trevor Story. I don't see some of the other chatter I've seen. But, you know, I think the Indians are going to be like the Blue Jays. And it's going to be a lot of wait and see. And we'll see where the bargains are. And, again, I thought Eddie Rosario was a decent signing. Uh, it didn't work out. I thought Cesar Hernandez was a solid signing. I liked both. It didn't work out. Uh, for whatever reason, like, non-scrap heap free agents have just been uh, awful. It has not worked out for the Indians, like, ever, unless it is someone who's off the scrap heap. But, yeah, we'll get more in offseason as we have more information on this offseason. The season is nearly done in general, but we will take a second. Uh, we'll come back, take a commercial break, and come back and take questions from you, the fans of this show. And our first sponsor is DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, and that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. So as I said before, let's dive into this mailbag. Questions from the fans. Always good content for the show. And we're just going to, you know, I, I favorite them so I can get back to them at a later date. We are first, and we have many here from Cleveland Guardians fan at Seattle BB. Are there any first basemen you'd rather assign in the offseason to move off Bradley? what is possible monetarily. Uh, so my, you know, we're going to get a lot of first base chatter in this mailbox, depending on how we get, how deeply we get into it. But one of the things, like my number one guy is someone I've brought up a lot of times on the show, and that's Luke Voigt, especially if he is going to be cheap to acquire. Uh, he stands out to me because he's been solidly productive. He has been consistently solidly productive. He hasn't had a down year. Now he's a bad defender. He's moving into his 30s, and those are reasons for concern. But if he is really a player the Yankees are considering releasing, uh, I would go for him. In terms of like the free agent market, uh, let's see, I believe like listed is like Uleski Guriel. He's got a team option for $8 million. I'm pretty sure they picked that up. Brandon Belt might get the qualifying offer. Freddie Freeman certainly will get the qualifying offer not author, offer. Uh, Rizzo will not because he can't, but they're not in the Rizzo land. So I look at these other free agents. Ryan Zimmerman is going back to Washington or not at all. An interesting player, an interesting name, someone who did get released today. 
uh, and I would love to see him on a minor league deal, is Jose Martinez. Now, I've talked about him on the show for a few years now. Uh, he is interesting as, I mean, he's a first baseman and a left fielder. And a few years ago, he was a you know a really good hitter for the Cardinals. Now, he is also the son. You know, this will make you feel old because he's already 33. Uh, son of Carlos Martinez, former Indians first baseman. And he was hurt this year. Uh, did not play at all in uh, 2021. In 2020, he was not good. Uh, he was part of, I want to say, the Randy Arena trade. Uh, did not, and ends up getting, I think he got traded away uh, from uh, the, uh, the Tampa after getting there. Uh, I talked about acquiring him multiple times. The one reason why you would not consider him at all, and I, I can totally see a case for this, 2019, he's age 30. He's a 102 runs creative plus. It's already starting to decline. He's been a bad defender. The the weird COVID year, uh, he has struggles. He's a 58, and then due to injuries, does not play at all. So you're looking at a guy who is, let's see, he's, like I said, 33. He'll be 34 next July. Uh, you know, didn't debut till age 27. Didn't get to play regularly until age 28. But age 28 and 29, a 136 and a 127 runs creative plus. I hit over 300 each year, uh, walked around 9% of the time, did not strike out a lot, uh, mid-teens for home runs. He wasn't a world beater, but he was you know, an above-average starter. He's now getting into the later part of his career, but as a minor league free agent, uh, he's got two options left. He's a 6'6", first baseman slash outfielder. Uh, he could be interesting. Uh, you know, We'll see. Uh, what plays out with him, what he gets. But I could also see a team not wanting to take a gamble at all. But just discussing, you know, like I said, that that's your market right now. And there's not much there. So, I mean, Moreland, you know, he hasn't been great. Uh, Shaw has bounced around so much because he hasn't been good. Greg Bird hasn't done much. It's not a deep group. There's not a lot of great options. And maybe that makes Luke Voigt more valuable in a Yankees trade and makes it less sense for Cleveland. But if you believe the talk that the Yankees might actually make a play for Matt Olson, there is a three-team deal that could make a lot of sense. Now, you could also consider someone like Adam Duvall, who has played first base at points and I believe is another free agent to be. I want to see how many games Duvall has played at first base uh, over his career. Yeah, left fielder and first baseman. He was... Was he a Giants prospect, I believe, before the Johnny Cueto deal, maybe? No, because Cueto didn't go to the Giants. What was that deal that he... Mike Leake. He was part of the Mike Leake deal. Uh, so he has logged a grand total of 43 games in first base. But again, flexibility. He's played left, right, first, even some center, third base in the big leagues. Uh, I've, I've He's another guy I've been kind of talking about for a long time. And... He had 113 RBIs this year. Now, I'm not a big fan of RBIs, but he's got a black stat in that. So does that mean he led the National League in RBIs in 146 games? It's kind of amazing. A 102 OPS plus, low batting average, uh, 38 home runs, though. He's And that's you go back to his Reds years, like 240 average. The on-base percentages weren't great, but over 30 home runs. Uh, age 29, 30 weren't great. Age 31 was pretty solid. And that's not fair. Like, age 30 was a solid year for him as well. It was just a limited number. And the 2018 season was rough for him. I mean, he played for, uh, that's when he got traded to Atlanta. Didn't necessarily work out. Uh, going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Never made more than $3.25 billion. He's an interesting guy if you want to really kind of sit back and consider a, a first base type. 
from that grouping. Let's see where we are on time. I need to get a little bit closer to the mic. I apologize. Uh, also from Cleveland Guardians fan, what is Logan T. Allen ceiling? What are his strengths and what does he need rounding out? He needs polish. He needs work on his third pitch right now. He is he's more than likely a mid-rotation starter. Uh, I don't say that as like a negative on him. I don't say that as like a dig on him. Uh, I know sometimes I say stuff like that and people are like, why don't you like him? I'm like, I was leading the charge on Logan Allen. What do you mean I don't like him? But, you know, like I said, I'll get those questions because like I, I look at him as he's he's not small for a lefty, but he's, you know, a little bit undersized. He's got uh, the slider, I believe, was the plus pitch. I just want to kind of pull up his stats this past year to discuss. And, of course, I'm going to get the wrong one because we're talking about Logan Allen, the younger, in the parlance of this show. I'm sorry, it wasn't the, the slider. I'm so used to it being the slider with Indians pitches. It's the change that was the top pitch for him. Uh, fastball was kind of average. Curveball was average. I mean, the, the thing that always stood out with him, and it's interesting to go look at his reports from before the year began and what his reports were after the year ended. Remember, this is his first year in minor league baseball and across double and high A. Uh, he threw 110 innings and had a FIP of 2.8 and 3.73 across two levels. Strikeout rates over 11. Walk rates 2.28 and 1.95. Again, I'm very curious. I need to see park factors for Akron because his home run rate jumped up there. And I've spent a lot of time saying that is a park that's hard to hit home runs out of, but that just may not be true. The data, the more and more I look at it, does not seem to uh, jive with that. It's a huge park. It is a big park, but it doesn't seem to be that hard to hit home runs out of. It seems to be actually a little bit home run happy. So I need to dig there. But again, is it draft pick who moved that quickly through the system? You just want to work on refinement. He is likely a three. You know, this is a guy who's an excellent athlete, excellent top shelf athlete, a two way player at uh, FIU, where he, you know, he was hitting home runs as a first baseman when he was not pitching. That's how good he is. Uh, he's back end of the top ten for me. I don't want to sit there and you know overplay it, but it, it's interesting because you know I talked about it a lot of times when I was doing more interviews, uh, and it's like you know I've I read a whole thing and I paused it and I was reading stuff by. Brad Bourneval, who is a friend of mine. Like, we were friends in the press box in Akron. It's a great piece. Go check it out. He's going to be on the show at some point. I just got to figure out when I have time to have guests on the show. Talked with him. I was talking with uh, Brian Sikowski, who we had on a year ago, uh, about getting him on again soon. But just with the discussion with, uh, you know, a lot of those guys through the years, it's in, you know, we had Burke on, who I'd like to have on again. I've had talks with Burke about coming back. You know, everyone always brought up Allen, and it's, the athleticism, the pitchability, it's all the things the Indians do well with, you know, stood out for him. And it's funny, you know, I talked about it in that draft class. He was the highest rated player they drafted for me. He was a in the 30s for me. I was a real big fan of his. He was higher than Burns. He was higher than Carson Tucker. Wasn't even up for debate. Now, almost everyone else agrees with that point of view. A year later, everyone else is seeing it. Uh, so it is fun to see that change. But it was he was always the sleeper guy. He was always the interesting one. Is there a little chance for maybe a little more growth? Possibly. I don't think it's going to be that huge step forward uh, for as much success as the Indians have had with guys, you know, uh, building stuff, seeing better uh, development. Let's also be honest that most of those arms are bigger. Like they don't have who's the micro arm, who's the guy who's non-conventional. They drafted a lot of smaller arms, but they haven't been as successful. You know, Clevenger was a pretty big guy. 
Kluber was a big guy. Go through that entire pitching staff. They've been more traditional starter builds. Uh, you know, Bieber's a pretty big guy. These are guys who are all like 6'3 or better. We have not seen a lot of the slider guys. So we'll see uh, how it goes with Allen. Again, I think he's a pretty solid bet to be no more, uh, no less than a back end. Very good chance at a mid-rotation. Uh, if something goes wrong, you know, I think it's, it's harder to project him as a reliever. Uh, for some of the same reasons that like Logan Allen, the elder, has had. This stuff is good, but it isn't great. And sometimes when it's solid, but not like upper tier, that has a harder time transitioning. Uh, he doesn't really have that extra gear, I don't think, when he goes to the pen. Now, this might seem like a negative, but I think he's a very good chance to be a starter. So he's another one. Uh, probably going to spend like a good chunk of the year in double and triple A. He doesn't have to be added to the roster until after the 2023 season. So uh, with their roster crunch, you're not seeing him next year. That's a guarantee. Even though he's already up in double A, it would take a lot to consider him for the Indians roster. We're going to take another quick commercial break, come back and take Seattle BB's last question. Uh, and we'll take one more with the way I'm speaking, likely only one more. And uh, yeah, that'll be Monday show. I hope you're enjoying it. And our next sponsor is BuiltBar.com. Hey, I got my pumpkin. Now I've only had one and it was kind of a shove my face situation so i didn't get a chance to really sit down and enjoy it but right now they have 10 percent off a mystery flavor guess the flavor and you could win a prize order now so if you buy this mystery flavor and guess what the prize is you could win some money over at builtbar.com today uh, let's see it's 140 calories 17 grams of protein uh, five grams of sugar that is in line with all of their non-puffs they make it look like it's a chocolate inside of some kind uh, they do like to go seasonal right now. We've got fall leaves everywhere. I don't know what it could be. I'm curious. I'm going to wait and see, but this is a perfect time to order. Who doesn't want 10% off uh, the mystery flavor? Plus, guess what? You can still use that promo code locked on with those deals. And if you're like me, you build up those built bucks. I get five bucks off every time I place an order because I just keep ordering. Uh, pumpkin is solid, unfortunately. No, it is still there. It is not sold out. You can still get some paranormal pumpkin, coconut marshmallow. Uh, they also have the blueberry the strawberry, which is a puff, and the cherry lime as the kind of seasonal flavors. And I want to remind you again to use that promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. I love it. I'm going to have some tomorrow. When you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to be shoving my face with a Built Bar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So I've danced around some questions. Let's let's go back to the mailbag as we slowly move through these. Xavier Curry, is he good or is he just a more advanced older pitcher that's more of a police act type. Now hold on here, like uh, you know, let's not let's not ding, police act. Like he's still, it's interesting. Like how many people are like, I'm done with police act. Like that's, it, and this isn't me making fun of 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 Seattle here. He is the far from the. I mean, I've got like three tweets from uh, Hiram. I'll eventually get to, and Hiram wants to trade police act every time he gets. Everyone wants to trade him. I'm like, uh, guys, like a, a fifth starter that is. You know, pre-arbitration is very valuable. Like, there, there's a lot to go with that. Uh, Xavier Curry, as well as um, uh, Daniel Espino, have been featured by David Lorila, who's doing some really interesting interviews, works, and pieces over at Fangraphs right now. Kind of under-the-radar type uh, writer. Uh, so, and what Xavier did in the early going also got him some extra attention Um where he got like a bonus thing from Eric Longen hanging over there. 
And, you know, he was great for Georgia Tech in the ACC. Uh, he was very good there. Then he had the shoulder inflammation that caused things to get shut down. Uh, you know, his arm slot, it's kind of what they call the vertical arm slot, which even though it, it allows the fastball to play up, maybe be a little more hidden. Uh, the question is, does he have enough stuff? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And when we look at his performance this past year, we talk about how quickly, like, Logan T. Allen moved. Now, Xavier Curry was drafted in 2019. Because of that inflammation, he didn't pitch. Then he didn't get to pitch in 2020. Now, he started the year in low A. He wasn't even in high A, where Logan Allen started as a, a player who had just appeared in the system. Curry moved pretty quickly. A to high A to double A. Not only four innings in double A. Uh, the FIP was really bad in double A. He got hit hard in his four innings. So you can't really take too much from that. Before that, though, you know the ERA and the FIP were were pretty strong, but he did get hit hard as well. And um, I get these reversed. I believe it is Lake County, yes. And then Lynchburg is the, the A affiliate. And that's going to be my concern. Like I think he's likely... You know, potentially a reliever type. Um, the fastball is average. You know, the the pitch mix is is very average uh, in general. And you know, there has been more talk about him potentially playing up if he is uh, in the bullpen. Now he does have excellent control. He is one of those guys who has definitely, uh, you know, popped this past season based on what he has done. Uh, I just. You know, and he's a command control guy at his core, like which is a very Indians type. Uh, I just don't know if there's enough. And you know, I, I we'll see more. We'll get that opportunity. He's not a top thirty prospect for me, uh, just because like he is absolutely a strike thrower. He's a really interesting guy, but he's I, they don't have his exact height. He, oh, here it is. He's like five ten, five eleven. Righty, he's been his success has mostly been when he's the oldest guy on the team, uh, relative to his first two stops. Uh, like I liked him in college, I didn't love him at Georgia Tech. I just don't see an out pitch. I don't see a way to really uh, ensure success. Like he's got you know the the change up the curveball, fastball, slider, four pitch, solid, but nothing that pops. And I don't know if you can get by with nothing that pops. Uh, we'll see. Like, he could totally prove me wrong a year from now. But, like I said, he's one of those guys that, like, he's a follow type for me. But he is not someone that I'm necessarily slotting in is for sure part of the future. Let's take a trade offer. Moving to a better life at Laser, Wazer, or suggested trade for the Guardians and Angels. Uh, Angels gets uh, Savali, Logan S. Allen, and one of the four outfielders. Indians get Joe Adele. Angels already have three outfielders but need pitching. Guardians need an outfielder. And this is one of the situations where he's willing to trade some of the pitching. Um, I don't know. This is a trade to me that I think both sides say no. I think both sides would come back and say no to this deal. Because, I mean, Joe Adele was the dude for a time. He was one of the top three prospects in baseball. Uh, it has not come together so far in these first two years in L.A. Uh, he has not been highly productive, and he's not been a great defender either either in the short looks he's had in the big leagues. Now it is all of 73 games. Explosive athlete, you know, just one of the best athletes I ever saw as a prep player. Doesn't walk a lot, strikes out a lot. It's a profile they've seen. Like, it's 
is a profile that is not dissimilar. Now he's very young and there's total chances to turn it around, but it is not a dissimilar profile to say Bradley Zimmer. Now Zimmer was not 20 in AAA. You know, he was, he didn't, he, you know, Adele can definitely uh, change his complete game and time, but he is not a proven product uh, at all in any way, shape or form. And he is not a for sure project product and the Indians like safe bets. I don't know if he's a safe bet right now. Uh, having had two opportunities to play in the big leagues and neither of them gone too great. Now they're both short, relatively short, 38 and 35. So one can say that. And I mean, he could still end up being an MVP candidate. And I'm not uh, sitting here saying he's done for it. But the Angels aren't going to sell low. And I mean, the Angels do have, you know, three outfielders. Yes. But like I say it like that because... Let's talk about their outfield real quick. Uh, they have Trout, of course. Otani is a DH. I uh, has had some time in that outfield. Brandon Marsh, who is another former top prospect. And then, yeah, technically Justin Upton, but Justin Upton, they're just playing out time with him. He is not there. Is he? he? They're waiting for that contract to expire next year. That's what he is. He is nothing more than a backup outfielder. If they could, they'd give him away. So they don't necessarily have three outfielders, you know, plus Adele. I, I think they are not inclined to trade him because the outfield next year is going to be Adele, Marsh, and Trout. And in terms of pitching, you know, they have Otani. Patrick Sandoval looked pretty good this year. Jose Suarez showed enough. Jose, Jamie Berea is someone that they have liked for a while. Reed Detmers is one of the top prospects in baseball. Uh, you know, the rest of their prospects, we'll see. Sam Bachman should move pretty quickly through the minors. They're pitching, yes, but I, I think they are a team that is more likely to go out and spend. So at the end of the day, I don't think the Indians are smartly not going to look to trade any arbitration pitchers. They're just not. Uh, they This past year showed us all that you don't trade pitching, and I think the Angels are going to try to go out and buy maybe pitching with higher ceiling uh, or you know try to go out. Like I could see them going for Zach Greinke, honestly. He is a pretty proven baseline vet type who they can go out there and get. I think they're looking more for something like that. And I just, I don't think they're very inclined to trade Joe Adele. Uh, I think he is going to be their right fielder to start next year. And they're going to give him a very opportunity to succeed or fail. So they would probably tell you that, like, we don't want Logan S. Allen. We don't want one of your uh, also ran outfielders. Uh, yeah, Aaron Savali is interesting, but we need more. And the Indians would, on the other side of things, be like, um, Savali for Allen, uh, we need more. So I think both teams probably ask for more, and it doesn't get beyond that. And we'll call it a show there. I'm at 30 minutes plus, so I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked In Indians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms. Let's, uh, man, it's a rough weekend for Cleveland sports, but you can go listen to Locked On Cavs or Locked On Indians to get great Cleveland content. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft. Remember, Download daily, that really helps. Write a review wherever you listen, that helps as well. And as we say now, go, go Guardians, go.